Well, good morning, church. That was great. I'm not used to that. Well, good morning, church. My name is Luke, and I'm one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel. i got to say a different church now, but I'm thankful to say that church. So uh, let's just get the get-to-know-yous out of the way. I'm going to say, hey, church, my name is Luke, and I want you to respond back with your name. Hey, church, my name is Luke. Nice to meet you all. Nice to meet you all. Well, here's, here's the deal, Holland Chapel. I'm thankful to be back here. I'm so thankful that you trusted the Lord, that you trusted your leadership enough to bring the Brown family back here to Holland Chapel. I won't rehash my resume with you, but I do want to kind of get you caught up on where the Brown family has been. Around two years ago, I was here on staff at Holland Chapel, loving you wonderful people. And then the God called us to East Texas. Don't throw stones. I never cheered for any Texas team, I promise. And there we served as lead pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Henderson, Texas, and we just really enjoyed our time there. I have nothing but praise uh, to say about our time in Texas. We loved that church with all of our heart. They loved us well. They're a great, godly group of people. In our hearts, we just felt like we needed to return home, that we need to be around our family and our friends again. And as God would have it, in his infinite wisdom, he brought us right back here, and we are so very thankful. So church, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for bringing the Brown family back. I'm excited to reconnect with many of you that I know, and I am so excited to get to know so many of you that I don't. And so I hope we get a lot of time Uh, to spend with one another in the days, weeks, months, and years ahead of us. So church, we are in the middle. What's that? Say it again, Brother Mike. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Thank you. Well, church, we are in our sermon series out of the book of Proverbs called Practical Wisdom. So go ahead and open your Bibles and go to Proverbs. We're going to be there, but we're going to be all over Scripture. We're going to look at a lot of God's Word this morning. But we are in the book of Proverbs. And what I love about the book of Proverbs, if you're anything like me, I want things spelled out. Can I get an amen? Like, I, I want things to be just blatantly obvious to me. And what I love about the book of Proverbs is that it's so obvious. You don't have to have a, a church Bible degree to figure this out. You just read it. Proverbs says, if you do this, you're a fool. Well, thanks, God. You know, thank you for letting that be known. Right? You don't have to dig deep to figure this out at all. God is so clear in the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs deals with so much of life's circumstances. It talks about this. It talks about that. And we can gain so much wisdom from God in the book of Proverbs. But this morning, we're going to be looking at the topic of friendship. We're going to be looking at what the Bible says about friendship. Now, not only does it talk about it in the book of Proverbs, but the Bible speaks about friendship in many places from cover to cover. But we're going to gain a lot of our wisdom this morning from Proverbs. I love the book of Proverbs. I love how easy it makes learning about things for us that need things spelled out. But this morning, we're going to talk about friendship. More specifically, church, real friendship. Real Christian friendship. Now, I think everybody in this room 
would say they have a Christian friend. Would you agree? Raise your hand if you have a Christian friend. Yes, but I believe there's a big difference between having a Christian friend and being in a Christian friendship. Y'all with me on that? I think we can all claim friends that claim Jesus. They're, they're our friends, but there is a big difference when you and I step into a relationship that honors God. That is a real Christian friendship, and I believe there is a huge difference. Let's look and see what the Bible has for us. Proverbs chapter 12. We're going to be all over. These are going to be on the screen. But Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, this is out of the NIV. It says, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The righteous choose their friends carefully. You see, God elevates friendship all throughout scripture. And if you're a parent in here, you've got kids and you're wanting to raise them right, I think many good godly Christian parents right now are praying for their kids to have godly Christian friends. Any parents, give me an amen. Because we as parents, adults, we know the value of good godly friendship, do we not? And what I love about Scripture is this particular passage doesn't just have 12-year-old kids on it, right? This is for those kids to read and grow up and pick wise friends. This is for everyone. This is for kids and this is for adults. The righteous choose their friends carefully because friends are a big deal. Friends have a lot of influence over our life. So adults, I'm going to remind you, friends... Your adult friends have a lot of influence over your life, whether you understand it or realize it or not. Friends are very, very important. Choosing who we are around and who we spend time with is incredibly important, and God speaks to it. So this morning, church, I want to give you, I want to give you four things, four descriptors, if you will, of what good, godly, real friends are. So if we're going to look at four things that, that, that we need to look and find in friends, we can always turn this and say, you know what, this is the kind of friend that I need to be. Because maybe this morning you're thinking, man, uh, maybe I'm not the friend that I need to be, much less looking and trying to find someone else to be my friend, right? So let's look at four things. The first one's going to be on the screen. Real friends increase our love for God. Real friends increase our love for God. So I want you to do something for me right now, church. I want you to examine your friend group. Can you do that? Run through your list of friends right now, the people you claim as friends. I want you to think about this friend group for a moment. And I want you to ask yourself a, a really tough, difficult question. Are the people in my circle, are they pointing me to Jesus? I want you to ask yourself that question right now. Are, are the people in my circle pointing me to Jesus? And then I want you to flip the script for a second. And then I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I pointing my friends to Jesus? You see, real friends help one another in their walk with Christ. Real friends increase the love that each other have for God in their life. That's what real friends do. So what's the goal of friendship? The goal of friendship is to invite people into your life, is it not? There are some things in life that are just better when we have friends in our life. 
I, go, I went fishing this past Friday, caught a really giant bass, but nobody in here would believe me because I didn't have a friend in the boat, right? I had no, somebody just way too quickly <laughs> agreed with that. I had nobody in the boat to take a picture. I had nobody in the boat to high five. Yeah, good job, man. Right? We want to bring friends in to what we do. Right? Dinners are better with friends. I had dinner last night with some wonderful friends, and that dinner was better. Vacations are better with friends. Hunting, fishing, golfing, shopping, whatever you do, you want to invite people into that circle. Because friends make things better, and you want to share your life with people. That's the goal of friendship. Now, church, listen. If God is the treasure of your heart, if God is everything to you, wouldn't you want to invite friends into that relationship? Wouldn't you want friends in your life that do the same for you, that, that help you increase your walk, that point you to Jesus in all of life's situations? You, you want those friends to celebrate God with you. So I want you to look at your friend group. Are your friends helping you in your walk with Jesus? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. This is out of the New Living. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. When friends claim Christ as their Savior, they are a part of the body of Christ. And our responsibility as Christian friends is to help one another elevate our walk with Christ to stir one another up into acts of love and good works, to promote righteous living, to point one another to the cross in every situation. That is real Christian friendship. Real friends will point you to Jesus. The second thing on the screen, these tips, these things to look for in friends, this is where things get a little serious. Real friends point out the sin in our lives. How many just started to squirm for a second? I did, right? Real friends point out the sin in our lives. Real godly friends, when they see you or me walking down a dangerous road, their heart will be broken for you. Their heart will see the route that you're taking and their heart will break because you don't see something and they do. And true godly friends will point out that sin to you. Because here's what sin does. Sin is deceitful. Satan is a trickster. When we fall into the trap of sin, oftentimes our eyes can't even see it. We do not know that we are in sin. And it takes godly people around us to go, whoa, you're out of bounds. You've misstepped. Do you realize what you're doing? When you have somebody like that in your life, praise God for them. Because they are a godly friend and they care enough about you to say, you've misstepped. So praise God if you're lucky enough to have somebody like that in your life. Go back to Proverbs. Practical wisdom. Proverbs chapter 27. We're going to look at 5 and 6. It says, an open rebuke is better than hidden love. Did you, did you catch that? An open rebuke. Rebuke for us now in 2022 means they got on to you. An open rebuke is better 
than hidden love. Words from a sincere, did y'all catch that? Sincere friend. That's a real friend. Words from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Listen, I would much rather correction, wound, right? Correction, it hurts, come from a friend than to have Satan smiling at a victory over my life. I would much rather somebody that I know loves me come alongside me and say, hey, you've messed up. Anybody been there? Right? If you had somebody, take that bold step and point something out in your life. Is it fun? Give me some audible response. Is it fun? Not at all. It could be classified as a wound. It hurts. When somebody gets on to you, it hurts. Disciplining a child, it, it hurts them, right? When a friend comes alongside you and says, you're acting a fool, that hurts. But I would much rather that come from somebody that I know loves me than to have Satan smiling when he's won a victory. I would much rather have that. So many of you are thinking, wow, that just makes me uncomfortable thinking about this. That makes me uncomfortable when I evaluate my friend group, even, even contemplating stepping into that space and being that blunt with my friend. Well, listen, if you are a true godly friend, you will not coddle your friend in their sin. Did you hear that, church? You won't stand for it. It'll break your heart. You will not pat them on the back and say, it's going to be all right. No, a real godly friend will point out that sin. So how? How can I be that friend? How can I be a friend that takes those steps to point out sin? Because many of you are like, golly, that's tough. Like, we're just doing good to, to talk about how our marriage is going, much less like speak about sin in each other's life. How can I do this? I want you to write these down. How can I take steps to be a friend that points out sin? The first thing, I want you to be honest. I'm going to take a step further, church. I want you to be brutally honest with your friend. We get this from Matthew. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. It says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the if the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. So I, I want to clarify what, what, what's going on here. If your friend, a godly friend that professes Jesus' sins, I, I, don't make a mistake. They are sinning against the body of Christ. They are stepping outside of God's standards. So that person, in turn, sinned against you. So what you ought to do as a brother or sister in Christ is to point out that offense. Did you, did you catch how blunt Scripture makes it? It doesn't say, hey, take them out to coffee and try to subliminally tell them what they're doing and, and, and try to gently, you know, don't, yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying? It says, point out the offense. Be honest. Tell them what is going on. And that's tough, church. I get it. Right? I get it. That's difficult to do. But remember, we are striving to be Godly friends, real Christian friends, real Christian friends are honest with one another. Now, many of you are out there going, man, if my friend did that, I would get in the car and I would just, I'd get out of there, right? Who are you to judge, man? I grew up with you. I knew what you did, right? Anybody in here? I got some friends up front. That's what they're thinking right now. But the second thing 
have compassion. Yes, church, you can be brutally honest and have compassion. This is what scripture says. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are what church? Godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Ephesians 4 verse 15, instead we will speak the truth, what church? In love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ in the tail of the body of the church. You see, you can be honest and you can have compassion. You can approach your friend and be honest about the sin that they're dealing with and go, listen, I'm not perfect. I mess up. I'm a sinner too. But God has put me in your life to see things that perhaps you do not see and you've misstepped. You see how that was honest but compassionate too? Like, right, you, you, you lump yourself in with them like, hey, we're all sinners trying to follow Jesus. You can be honest and be compassionate. You can be honest and approach that person in love. But do not be scared to offend them because sin is offensive. You have to point out the sin in others' life. But make sure you do it with gracious compassion. If you're bold enough, church, listen, if you're bold enough to love your friends enough to step into that space and they are walking with Jesus, they have the Spirit in them, then you as a friend have to trust that when you point out that sin, the Holy Spirit's going to come alongside them, show them of their error, and help them. And if that friend is following the Lord, it may not, it may not be tomorrow, it may not be next week, it may not be next year. But if the Holy Spirit grips their life, they'll come back to you and say, thank you. Thank you. I was out of bounds. And you were the only one that loved me enough to tell me I was in error. So church, if you want to be a good Christian friend, if you want to have good Christian friends, look for somebody that's going to be honest with you. Proverbs 27, 9. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. You see how precious this relationship can be? If two people are passionately following after Jesus and they want to see the best for one another, that counsel, man, it's precious and it's sweet and it's godly. So be honest, step into that space with your friends. The next one's going to be on the screen. Real friends carry us to God in our struggles. Real friends will take us to the foot of the cross. Luke chapter 5, 18 and 19. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of who? Jesus. This world is tough. Can I get an amen? This world is brutally tough. Walking in this sin-filled world is difficult. Waking up every morning facing an enemy that wants to do nothing more than to destroy you is tough. And it's even more difficult when you do it alone. You see, Satan wants nothing more than to, than to bring you alone. If you are alone, he can have some victory over your life because there's nobody there helping you. Satan wants you alone. 
So we need, just like this paralyzed man, we need friends in our life that are going to love us enough to carry us to Jesus in our time of need. We need people in our life that are going to do the difficult things to point us, carry us, take us to Jesus. So what does this look like? right? I, I, I don't have a paralyzed friend that I'm going to drag to Jesus. What, what does this look like in my life? I, I want to make it very, very practical for you. Maybe there's a friend that you have in your life that really just needs you to sit down and listen. Maybe there's a friend in your life that, that have some sin to confess, and they just need to share that with you. Be a good listener. And when they've spoken about the sin in their life and they're busted up and broken, be the voice of truth. Speak forgiveness over them. Point them to Jesus, the only one that can forgive them of what they're going through. Make Jesus known to them. Or be super practical. If you know somebody in your life, somebody within this church that's going through some physical needs, that's really enduring some suffering, do your best to meet that need in the name of Jesus. That's being practical. Or my very favorite one, and it's the most accessible to us all, is to simply pray for your friend. Do we pray for our friends enough? Do we pray for the people in our life enough? Do we, do we take our friends to the foot of Jesus in prayer enough? Do we, do we do this? And here is a shameless plug for HC groups. This church has got some systems in place to help you Find and, and form good, godly friendships. And those friendships are designed to help you. Those friendships are designed to take you to the foot of the cross when you need it the most. Anybody in here just be honest and say, I've struggled before in life. Anybody? Man, you that did not raise your hand are not being honest in church. We've all struggled. And we've all needed people to take us to the foot of the cross. I want to share a real brief story with you where this became super practical for us. Ashley and I, several years ago, we, we dealt with some uh, personal loss. It was a very dark time in our life. And we were a part of Holland Chapel at the time. And we had an HC group. And I will never forget a particular Sunday night when we were dealing with this loss that good, godly, real friends stood up in my living room and said, let's pray over you. Church, do you know how important that is? Do you know how valuable that is to have people like that in your life that are willing to approach the throne of Jesus on your behalf? To take you to the cross in a moment of incredible pain? Because when we're dealing with suffering like that, sometimes we don't even know how to pray, right? And we need other people to do it for us. Good, godly friends will carry you to Jesus in your struggles. The last thing, real friends will love because he first loved us. Here's where I need some good, honest participation. You with me? Good, honest participation. How many in this room can be difficult to love sometimes? Ashley's like, you better raise your hand, Lucas. You better raise your hand. We can all be difficult to love from time to time, real friends, true godly friends, they understand this. 
True godly friends know that everybody has struggles. Everybody has sin. No one's perfect. Sometimes we misstep. Sometimes we take friendships for granted. Sometimes we aren't the friend that we should be. And good godly friends, they totally understand this. Why? Because they've been forgiven. Why? Because they serve a God who looked down at some point in their life and, and said, I, I, want you, I, I want you to be my child. Uh, and, and Scripture says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So if Christ can look down and say, you know what, they're imperfect, but I love them enough. Here, here's my son, he's going to die for you. And if you trust in him, you'll be forgiven. And then you can enter into the best friendship you've ever had in your life. And, and good godly friends understand that relationship. And because they understand that relationship, they'll love you when you're really hard to love. So, again, flip the script. Love your friends when they're hard to love. Because you never know what they're dealing with, Right? Good, godly friends love because he first loved us. 1 John 4, 19 through 21. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see. How can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Real friends will love you constantly because they've experienced the love of God. They won't give up on you, and hopefully you won't give up on them. Real friends love. I want you to point each other to Jesus. I want you to point out the sin in each other's life. I know that's tough. Oh, that's difficult, that's uncomfortable. But take those two simple steps to be honest and have compassion and start working on those friendships. Your friends need it. You need it. Carry each other to Jesus and don't stop loving one another. And I feel the need right now to talk about the perfect friend, to talk about the friend that sticks closer than any brother, and that's Jesus. That is Jesus Christ, the only perfect friend you will ever have. One of my favorite stories is in the Gospels when Jesus is talking about abiding in him. He says, no greater love has a man than to what church? Lay down his life for his friends. You see, this is the example that Jesus displayed about what real friendship is. And when he says this to his followers, he says, I now can call you my friends. If you keep reading in John, that's what he says. I, I can now call you my friends. So church, I want to urge you, if you've never placed your faith in Jesus, if you've never asked for forgiveness, you're missing the greatest friendship that you'll ever have in your entire life. You're missing the perfect friend of Jesus. He set the perfect example. So church, if you need a friend, you got a friend in Jesus. Let me pray for you this morning. God, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the instruction that it gives. Thank you for the friend that we have in Jesus. God, help us. Help us to look at what we learn from Proverbs, not only Proverbs, but your word in many places and apply it to our life. Help us, God, to be the best friends we can. Help us to be wise and help us to choose our friends carefully. Help us to surround ourselves with people that are going to point us to your son, Jesus. Help us to put people around our lives that are going to ask us tough questions. Okay, they're all going to hold us accountable. They're going to point out the sin in our life. Help us to find friends 
that are going to take us to the foot of the cross in our struggles. God, help us to all be good, godly Christian friends. Thank you for the ultimate friend that we have in Jesus. And we ask everything in his precious and holy name.